I want to tell you about an amazing opportunity that is opening up for new graduates who are looking to build their acupuncture practice. Nava Karman is a leading acupuncturist and herbalist specializing in fertility, gynecology, and the immune system. She has run the fertility support company for over 20 years. Nava is launching a new mastermind group exclusively for new graduates. This mastermind group will meet every two weeks to provide mentoring, guidance, and inspiration, and will focus on clinical skills and the practicalities of building a business. This will be a close-knit group of practitioners who will work together for a year to develop the skills and habits required to be clinically effective and financially successful. I recently did a session with Nava, and what I like the most about it is how safe I felt about discussing my fears and worries. I came out of it with a list of very practical, achievable steps to implement change. There are only six places in the group, so you need to apply quickly. Go to www.fertilitysupport.expert forward slash graduate. Hello, everyone. My name is Vanessa Menendez-Covello, and this is the Fresh Needle podcast, where I interview fresh graduates and acupuncture students from all over the world. And we discuss their experiences as students or running their own clinics, particularly in these very weird times of COVID-19. Our guest today is the mastermind behind the Instagram account, tanks.off.tinder. There's a Tanks of Tinder account, too, so make sure you go to the right one. Um, Tanks of Tinder. This is going to totally tongue-tie me. <laughs> <laughs> it's a hilarious account where she looks at the tongues of show in this dating app for people my age who might not know what <laughs> Tinder is. Um, it's a dating app. So she looks at the tongues and she diagnoses them through the lens of traditional Chinese medicine. Not only that, but she also makes suggestions for first date activities that might be suitable for the tongue owner's constitution. So welcome. Thank you, Vanessa. I'm so happy that we get to chat today. And I love your podcast idea. I love that you're bringing together acupuncturists and acupuncture students from all over the world. And I am so excited to be here and talk about some tongues. I am absolutely delighted because, you know, I think everyone I have interviewed have been fantastic in their own way. Everyone's got their thing. But, um, you know, I, I scroll through Instagram because I really like to see what other people are doing. And I think... Uh, Tongues of Tinder <laughs> came as a suggestion. And oh my God, I think I laughed for half an hour. It's fantastic. <laughs> it really, it just kind of like cheered me up immediately. <laughs> I'm so glad to hear that. I laugh so hard when I'm making the posts. I mean, it's kind of a mixture of shock and intrigue and um, the excitement of dating and just the like, what are you thinking? And then also it's, it gets to be educational. I get to learn more about these tongues. There are some that totally baffle me. And I love that then people will comment with their ideas of what the tongue looks like. They'll send in the tongues that they find. And it just has become this really beautiful community effort where we can support each other in the dating world, in the acupuncture world. Um, and especially now, I think everyone's looking for more reasons to laugh. It's such a stressful time. And and I, I love that you get to laugh at, uh, at the post. I really do. And there's sort of that part of me that thinks, oh, my God, why didn't I think of this when I was, you know, when I was studying? Because we have to do these portfolios <laughs> of like, you know, you have to do portfolios where you, you look at tongues and you do your diagnosis. And I felt like I was chasing everyone I knew, like, show me your tongue, show me your tongue. And they're all out there. They're out there on the Internet. <laughs> Oh, they are out there on the internet. It is so shocking the amount of tongues. I mean, I have a, a folder it's called Tongues of Tinder on my phone that has hundreds more photos. I mean, I can't even keep up with the number of posts. It's like every day I'm like, there's no way I'm going to find. And, and then there's another tongue. Um, and when I'm swiping for myself, I'm only looking at the first cover photo. And so the tongues that I find are actually, that's their chosen cover photo. So if you if you aren't on dating apps, you're usually able to have maybe five photos and you can choose which one is your first message to the world. And these, <laughs> these sweet men are I, thinking, yes, this is how I'm going to get them to swipe right. Can I say something? I don't know if I can say this in public, but is it that they would really want to show their penises and they can't because it's not allowed? <laughs> You know, the dick pick and the tongue pick, there are some equal levels of like ick and intrigue. Um, so it's, I, you, but the thing is I hear, so I identify as heterosexual, so I'm only looking at men on my account, but um, I hear from the men in my life that many women also have their tongues out. And um, I have people send in 
tongues that they find of women. I'm an equal opportunity gender tongue analysis uh, person. So, um, um, and also for anyone who identifies, you know, gay, bisexual, queer, whatever on the spectrum, I love still finding the tongues and, and giving date ideas. Uh, so I think for the, for the, the tongue showing versus the dick pic showing, I don't know, because women are out here doing it too. Fantastic. I really, this is, this is discovered like a whole new world. <laughs> <laughs> Very different from when I was doing internet dating for sure. <laughs> right. So let's, let's start from the beginning. How did you get into acupuncture and Chinese medicine? What prompted you to study it? Is it everything that you ever wanted? Oh, that is, that's such a sweet question. And I think for me, the path started kind of in, well, my mom was a big uh, reason behind it. She was very natural growing up. She never wanted us to take Tylenol or Advil. She always said, you know, drink more water. She was very natural in her own approach to things. And so I think that resonated always. And I never really realized it because it's my mom, you know, and she's lame when I'm a teenager. <laughs> yeah. And one of the ways I, I rebelled against her was she was very formally religious through church and everything. And, and I decided that that didn't necessarily work for me. And so I started studying Buddhism. And with that came learning about Chinese medicine. And at that point, I'm thinking, this is so bizarre. This is so odd. Um, but I got to try it. And so I did. And it was incredible, my first experience with acupuncture. Um, and from then on, I told everybody I loved that they had to go get it. I was like banging on doors of my loved ones forcing them into acupuncturist offices. And I was following my own path of working with children in the foster care system who've been abused and taken away from their homes or um, young people who've been involved in gang activity. And then I became a stay-at-home mom for a while because in America, those jobs pay horribly. And then when I got divorced uh, several years ago, I realized I have to go back to work. I want to go back to work. And my brain finally made the connection that I could be doing the thing that I was telling everyone I loved that right. I had to do. And that was acupuncture. And so once my brain was like, you can do it. And I, I didn't look back. I enrolled. And, um, and I think that it has, when I first started, I remember I had this big um, anatomy physiology book. And I was doing a drop off for my daughter with my ex. And he kind of looks at the book and goes, what are you going to be a doctor now? And I said, um, no, I'm just, I'm just going to be an acupuncturist. And I was probably two weeks into the program. And I still had this mindset of it's just acupuncture. And then I realized about six months in, oh crap, I'm going to be a doctor. This is a medical program. Um, so it's been more, I think, than I thought it was going to be. It's been more comprehensive as, in terms of Western medicine, um, in terms of energy medicine. I think it is absolute magic. And um, the business side of it is always ever evolving because I think a lot of us who are in healing professions, especially as women, uh, we just kind of want to give away everything. We're so happy to help. Yes. Um, conditioned that way a lot. And so I think um, if my wish for acupuncture and my wish, my wish for acupuncturists is that we start to see more of a benefit in our business mind uh, and in our business hustle. That's really interesting that you said, oh, my God, I'm going to be a doctor because I had this experience yesterday where I'm in this little Instagram, not Instagram, Telegram, Telegram group with um, a bunch of um, Spanish women where we've all connected through the COVID-19 situation. And um, yesterday, because we are all at home, <laughs> they all sent me their tongues. So I was diagnosing left, right and center. Uh, but, you know, usually just silly stuff. But there were a couple of women that I contacted privately and said, you know, have you been checked for endometriosis do you think you might have PCOS and they were like oh yeah I actually do and they were really surprised that I actually knew the western terms you know that I wasn't saying just your your cheese out of balance <laughs> because you know then I was I was recommending and I was explaining for example how um, you know um, period bleeds when you're on the contraceptive pill are not real bleeds and I think they were amazed. They thought that I was just like this happy that, I don't know, they, they that read their auras or something like that. And I was like, well, yes, I do that. But I've also <laughs> studied Western medicine. <laughs> I think that's lovely. And I think the more that we can, you know, there's a spectrum of acupuncturists, uh, just kind of like any profession. And we have the ones who are more on the woo-woo side. Um, and I say that as someone who identifies as relatively woo-woo. Um, and there's more crystal involvement and aura reading and that kind of more energetic medicine. 
And then we have people who are on the very, very medical side of things. And I say that as someone who identifies as also very medical. And, um, and I think that there's somewhat of a tension in between those two poles of the acupuncture world. And, and I think there's space for all of us. I think if, if our goal is to become more integrative with the Western world, then learning those terms and playing by those rules and then that game is important. And if we want to say, we don't actually want to play with the Western med doctors, we want to do our own thing and create a kind of, you know, more, more renegade, uh, we're doing it this way system, then um, honoring that, that really energetic world is, I think, can be also really beautiful and it and everyone has their own way or, or or space that they fit along that spectrum. Yeah, yeah, that's very true. So going back to Instagram, um, that account is very, very funny, but also very educational. So um, I'm curious about how um, creating this account has impacted your life. So for example, you look at someone's tongue and you go, oh no, swipe left, swipe left. And for those who don't use Tinder, I think swipe left is no and swipe right is yes, I don't know. <laughs> You are absolutely right. Yes. Left is no and right is yes. Um, and, and it has impacted my swiping. I think, first of all, if the first picture is a, a big tongue sticking out, I'm usually not attracted to men who have that in their personality anyway. Um, so my first thought now is screenshot. And then my second thought is swipe left. Uh, but I think that there is, I really value health and wellness and being uh, going through an acupuncture program and being in the health and wellness world has only solidified that. So to me, if a tongue is showing that a, a man or again, a, a woman, depending on your choices, um, if, if, uh, if their tongue is showing that they're not living a lifestyle that's relatively in balance and relatively healthy, then, then that tells me a lot about mm. um, potentially, you know, what their, what their lifestyle is like. And if, um, and again, you know, my tongue's not perfect. I'm not trying to show it right now to anybody. But uh, but there is a certain level of does this for me? Does this man value his body? Um, because if he doesn't, I don't really want that tongue in my mouth or on me. You know, I don't really want that um, that person's energy in my field. Uh, I, you know, I really do value the the acts of intimacy and um, and I'm not looking for friends when I'm on Tinder. <laughs> Fair enough, really. <laughs> A question that actually just just only thought about because you know how you always have this thing like you know you get trained in red flags all these things where you should say to someone oh you know maybe you should go see your GP or something like that I have heard a couple of horror stories um, from from experienced practitioners would you ever if you saw a tongue but you're like wow there's something really wrong here would you ever actually consider contacting that person and saying you know, maybe you should go see a doctor or do you think that's intrusive or, or you know, beyond uh, what we, you know, we shouldn't do it? Yeah. I don't know. So I, I probably wouldn't. Um, and a lot of that is in America, it's a very litigious mm. culture. Yeah. Um, and there's really serious rules and laws around patient practitioner relationship. So the minute that I give someone um very specific advice, then I become their practitioner and they become my right. patient, even if money has not exchanged hands, even if no documents have been signed, um, which is why I'm really careful. I'll have people send me their own tongues and say, what do you think? And my response is always, I recommend that you find a local acupuncturist in your area. Um, I can't actually give you advice on your own tongue. Um, and, and that's why the advice that I do give tends to be you know, relatively general and broad enough that it's more educational. And, and you know, my joke is kind of like, this is for fun, not for science, you know, even though there are <laughs> truths in the patterns that we're seeing on a lot of these tongues. Um, but I, I do, I, I would be careful because not everyone is ready to receive help. Um, now, if that was a friend of mine, or if it was someone that I had right swiped on, and then I found their tongue, you know, probably on a date, I'm talking about acupuncture and Chinese medicine anyway, probably on a date, we're, you know, we're chatting up more broadly. And so if they're like, hey, what do you think of this? Then maybe I'd feel comfortable saying like, you know, I've seen cases like that. Mm. And what I, what they have found is X, Y, or Z. It might be worth checking in with your doctor, you know, or, or going yeah. to see an acupuncturist or making an appointment. Um, so I'd probably handle it that way. It is hard because I, I, I am someone that intervenes. I love helping. Um, and so it's hard for me to sit back, but I do have to work on this, you know, trusting my role and knowing that, that I'm not 
I'm not meant to help everyone that crosses my path, and that's okay. Yes, and I think sometimes that's, you know, you get so excited about the possibilities of, you know, what you have learned and what you can do that it's, you know, it's very easy to fall into that kind of like, oh my, oh my God, I need to save everyone thing, which is right. actually, it disperses the chi enormously, I believe. <laughs> And I wouldn't want, you know, if I, I have friends that work in, in facial care and I wouldn't want them coming up to me and being like, you know, you have some more wrinkles. You should definitely do Botox, right? Like, I didn't ask. I don't want to hear it from you. Um, and so I think it's, you know, in the same way, like if a stranger walked up to me and was like, hey, your roots are really showing. You should get, like, I wouldn't want, that wouldn't be yeah. welcome for yeah. me. Um, and so, I, yeah, I probably wouldn't do that. It also, I wouldn't want it to be seen as like, I'm on Tinder trying to drum up business, you know, like, right. <laughs> so yeah, anyway, that's, that's probably how I would handle it. No, it's, it's, a, it's a great way, very logical, but I still, you know, I, I love reading the, the, you know, I love reading the diagnosis because I'm, I'm still so new, um, so, such a new acupuncturist that I'm like, oh my God, yeah, I didn't see that or I, but I also really like the lifestyle, um, you know, advice that you would give them because sometimes we uh, see your experience acupuncture as this thing where, you know, you go, you lay on a table, you get needles on, then the needles come off and off you go. You're fine now. Come back next week. But, you know, the whole of TCM is 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 it's a lesson or a philosophy in living and in being in harmony. So it's, it goes beyond the actual healing. And I think that's what I like about the advice that you would give these men, like, you know, go do meditation or drink peppermint tea or something like that. Thank you. Yeah, I mean, I am super in favor of an empowered medical model. So I I think in, in America, at least, we've we've done a really good job of saying, the doctor knows everything. The patient knows nothing. Do whatever the doctor tells you. Don't ask questions. Um, and if you do ask questions, you are deemed as um, causing problems, disruptive, whatever. And so I think that um, for me, I loved, like one of the things I'll tell my clients is I know more about acupuncture and Chinese medicine than you do, but you know more about your body and your life than I do. And so this is a collaboration between the two of us. And, and I really mean that. And if they're coming to see me one hour a week or three hours a week, whatever, depending on what their treatment plan is, there's a lot of other hours in that week. I think it's like, I looked it up one time, it's like 168 hours in a week, right? So if we see them one to three of those, that is so many other hours. And, and I tell them like, hey, if we're working on neck pain, one hour a week, and for those other 167 hours, you're bent over a computer and your cell phone and slouched watching TV, like, give me a fighting chance to help your body heal, you know? Um, and I, and and I like when people take um, take those recommendations, and it's hard. Lifestyle change is hard. I get it. Like I have tried to drink less coffee for a long time now, and I finally am like, why am I doing this to myself? I love coffee. I'm just not, you know. But I but I understand how hard it is to make, you know, adding an exercise, qigong, meditation. It is tricky, and so I um, I try really hard to layer that in, so it's not like here's 30 things you're going to need to do right now yeah. in order to be healthy. You know, that's so overwhelming. I remember one time I went to an acupuncture appointment and the man I was seeing told me to stop drinking coffee, don't drink alcohol, exercise less, um, don't eat sugar or car. I'm like, you're stripping away everything that makes me happy. Like I, I left there like, I hate you. I feel terrible. Um, and I did nothing that he said because it was easier to write him off as a psycho, you know, than to look at myself and think maybe I should make some changes. But I, um, but I do think there's some simple things like just have, you know, drink your coffee, but also have some peppermint tea, you know, or um, I'm not going to tell you to stop eating all sugar, but try to eat less and maybe take some vitamin C first, because that actually might be what your body's craving. So I think meeting clients where they're at and recognizing there is so much that they can do at home and also not operating from a scarcity principle, which is, I think some acupuncturists, especially when they don't have a good business sense is, I, I don't like, I want that patient to get better, but if they do get better, they're not going to see me anymore. And then I'm going to lose money. And, and that's a scarcity mindset that I just, I don't want to engage in that at all. So for me, it's like, yes, cupping is wonderful. And we're going to do that here, but you can also get cups and you can do it on yourself at home with, you know, the silicone cups. Um, you're never going to be as good as I am. You know, it's never going to be the same as having someone else do it. You're not going to be doing fire cupping or the magnet cupping, whatever it is. Um, but I'm all for empowering 
people and my clients to do better and and be better because inevitably something else is going to come up and they're going to come back and see me or they're going to tell their friends. Um, So yeah, I'm just, I think it's really important to have little things, little homework assignments, we call them. I fully agree. I I always tell my patients and they laugh when I tell them that my objective is to get to fire myself. (laughs) You know, I'm like, and I, I, you know, I want you to be cured and and leave. And because then you'll send all your friends to me, you'll be like, oh my gosh, she's a miracle worker or something like that. But there is this element of personal responsibility. I remember, um, you know, for years, so I used to work in in the financial district. I was a computer programmer in in investment banks. So very stressful. Um, And for years, I used to go to acupuncture and she would say, you're very stressed. Your your lifestyle is not really contributing to your healing. And I was like, yeah, but you know, I have a mortgage. I have a mortgage. And so, you know, for now, what we're going to do is I keep messing my whole body up <laughs> with this <laughs> with this work environment and you try and help me. And I'm happy understanding that there's going to be a limit um, to, to how much we can achieve. And then, you know, when the point arrived where I was like, well, I'm actually ready now. First, because I'm burnt out. And second, because I have more financial stability. Then things changed faster. But I, you know... What I have noticed, actually, at least here in the UK, is because now there's so much talk about the crisis that the NHS, the National Health Service, is in, um, and and it's getting a bit harder to get seen quickly. I think that's actually prompting people into taking a bit more responsibility for themselves, and it's fantastic in a way. I think you're so smart to put that together, and also brilliant for the job you used to have. I'm so (laughs) impressed by your history. Oh, my gosh. Um, I think that there's the empowerment model has so many benefits, and especially during this time of this COVID-19 pandemic, acupuncturists are really positioned to thrive because what we're seeing is the importance of immune function. We're seeing the importance of preventative care, kind of the whole like, you don't got to get ready if you stay ready, you know, as far as your immune system goes. We're seeing um, how how stress takes a toll on the body, which then drops the immune system, which then leaves you more susceptible. We're seeing the you know the comorbidities and what that looks like in terms of of how lethal COVID nineteen can be to people. And so what I'm and we're seeing this kind of fear of going to the doctor, fear of going to the hospital, because those have become ground zeros for viral spread. And I think that that, that it's so true to say. Come to your community, your little local acupuncture office. Some people do home visits, right? Even safer. Um, and and even if again we fire ourselves from the acute issues that our parent, our, our parents, our patients are facing. Um, I'm really sorry. I'm going to have to stop you for a second. The dog's going crazy. Apologies, everyone. This is where real life sometimes gets in the way. We have three people currently working in this house, and apparently none of us could go and um, open the door to the poor delivery man who had a crazy uh, vitriolic pug barking at him (laughs) from the other side of the door. So apologies for the interruption. We go back to the podcast. Right. So, yes, personal responsibility. (laughs) (laughs) But I do. So I, I mean, I think what we were talking about a little bit was how during this time of COVID-19 and the pandemic, acupuncturists are really well positioned to have uh, patients better understand what they can be doing at home to stay safe, what they can be doing at home for prevention, and then how acupuncture can fit into that um, stress reduction. We know high stress can increase cortisol, which decreases our immune system, which leaves us more susceptible to viruses, bacteria, all the things we don't want. Um, so preventative care is key. Supporting the immune system is key. And there's a lot that people can do on their own time if they have the self-discipline that really is going to set them up for a really strong a strong body and a strong immune system so that we don't have to live in such fear of viruses because we have a body that is not a suitable host for that virus. So let me check then. You are still allowed to practice. So it's um, each state has different guidelines right now, and it's all very confusing. It's all <laughs> completely confusing. So I know acupuncturists who are um, still practicing. I know acupuncturists who have shut down their offices completely during this time. Um, the acupuncturists that are still practicing are modifying it. So they're seeing less people in their offices to really promote social distancing, their waiting rooms are closed, they're drop, they're um, shipping their herbs or just doing outside drop-offs. So they're making really responsible decisions. 
And I think that that is actually, everyone has to make their own choice. We're all doing the best we can during this time. Um, but I do think that if we're talking about, there's a lot of talk about essential businesses staying open during the mm. pandemic. And I, I do believe that acupuncture is essential. And one of the rudest parts about a pandemic is that people are still having painful periods. People are yes. still having back pain, right? All these people are at home doing all these DIY projects and throwing out their backs. You know, they're yes. slouched <laughs> in their couches watching hours of Netflix and they're getting neck pain. So how rude that it's not just COVID-19 right now. It's migraine headaches still and dysmenorrhea. And, you know, people are on they're still dealing with everything else that was happening before allergies, right? It's spring in, in, in America right now. People have allergies and, and acupuncture is wonderful for it. And so I think that there's there, the acupuncturists who have said um, this, we are essential and this is why um, I think that that makes more sense in the broader scheme of where acupuncture fits into the world of medicine, because it shouldn't be Eastern versus Western medicine. It should be, we are all one medicine, now let's choose what works best for this individual during this time frame with what is going on and what their circumstances are. That just seems like the most common sense approach to me. Yes, yes, because here, well, um, you know, we talked about this before we actually hit the record button. So in the UK, as far as I understand, <laughs> I hope I got it right at this point <laughs> for four years in, um, acupuncture is only self-regulated. So there's no government regulation other than I think you have to... Um, register yourself to your local council and um, sometimes you have to get a license depending on whether you are in greater london or somewhere else and then again different parts of the united kingdom have different um, ways that they do this but uh, there are a couple of uh, self-regulatory bodies i belong to the british acupuncture council which is quite big and um, you know they they control the quality of the courses so because i studied in a bapb accredited um college i didn't have to sit any boards or uh, do anything to to belong to the bxc other than just apply and they were like right yeah you are good um but when this thing happened and we all went into lockdown the bxc said we recommend that you don't practice and effectively our insurance became absolutely invalid so i couldn't practice even if i wanted wow which yeah, is I, hard I, I think that the um the way the world views acupuncture, not the, I shouldn't say the world, I'll speak for America if I, if I can be so bold, um, is, is a little bit of a stepchild, you know, a kind of less loved, no one should talk about stepchildren that way, but you guys get the, the picture. Um, and, and I think for the optics, having acupuncture in the forefront as much as possible on, the, like, we got immune system support. We have got, like, acupuncture is one of the best positioned medicines for things like reducing stress and tonifying immune systems and keeping circulation healthy and helping people recover lung function. Um, and so we should be shouting from the rooftops, you know, that we're here and ready to help uh, where we can. But again, until we're viewed with more equity, in this Western world construct, I think that's going to be hard. And, and I do think we have to follow the laws. You know, we, ha we have to do what's right for us. I, I have a daughter. And so I'm making different choices because I have her to think about. Um, it's not, you know, just quote unquote me uh, out here in the world. I have to make decisions for other people. And, and all of the practitioners are, are having to weigh the pros and cons of, of what kind of work they can do. It's really interesting this thing about you know people's perception of acupuncture because I got myself into trouble the other day. <laughs> I I was in one of my local Facebook groups for the area of London that I live in and you know I try to be active so that people know that I'm there. I'm not you know straight out selling my thing but I think I recommended that people, uh, I said, you know, people could make teas with, um, you know, the usual ginger, turmeric and black pepper. I can't remember. It was a simple, very simple tea recipe. And someone really took offense, um, you know, with me and said, well, you know, have you got the research for that? Because that's old wives' tales. And I was like, actually, yes, I do. <laughs> Let me shoot you a bunch of, you know, peer-reviewed articles. I actually happen to have access to the Cambridge University Library, which has everything that gets published in the UK. So 
here you go, there's the PDFs, go read them. And then he's like, oh, well, but that's on the individual components. And how about the dosage of the tea? And I was like, you've got to be kidding me now. <laughs> you know, you're really. And I think I took offense to the, the kind of old wife's tale aspect of it, because I was like, just because you haven't been bothered to actually look at the research, it doesn't mean it's not there. <laughs> I bet if we looked at her tongue, we would see a red tip. <laughs> we would see tongue, red eyes. Yeah, we, we would not want to look at her tongue. She sounds like she's got a, a chip on her shoulder. It was a man. Oh, well. Yes, I got a bit mansplained there. <laughs> <laughs> Can I say that? That I was being mansplained? <laughs> yeah. Especially, I think it's really interesting because, you know, sometimes I do get, uh, and, and I, I, don't, I don't want to say it's always the men, but quite often it is the men that come to the clinic. And if I mention, oh, yeah, I used to be a computer programmer, there's this look of shock. <laughs> and it's like, yeah, you know, you can you can use your brain in both ways. You can go left brain and right brain. And, and it's actually quite nice. Good for you for breaking down gender stereotypes. I love it. <laughs> um, but yeah, so hold on, let me. <laughs> I totally, the dog interrupted us and that's just <laughs> broken my flow. <laughs> Oh, I love dogs. I feel like they are never, they're always a welcome interruption. And you know what? Actually, it's, so for me, the dog's been really inspirational in terms of finding balance in my life because, you know, I've had him for, he's he's six now and inevitably every spring, he's always stuck to us because he's a pug and they're stick, you know, they stick to you. They're like lap dogs. But the moment spring comes, he goes to the back of the house where the sun shines in the afternoon and he naps in the sun. Aww. And I'm like, yeah, and I'm like, yeah, that is what we all should be doing. There you go. Follow the dog. <laughs> exactly, follow the dog. So um you did some study in China, didn't you? I did. I was so lucky to have um a program through my school where we got to go to Chengdu University, which is in the Sichuan province. Uh, they're known for their really spicy hot pot. And we got to go to a university there and also study at a hospital. And then some of the really sweet translators that we had would open up some of their clinics and we got to do pediatric twina and see the way that the needling works over there. It was gorgeous. And, um, and then I also got to experience dating in China, which was right. <laughs> what and this is pre tongues of Tinder, but China does have, China actually does have Tinder. I remember I went to the, my phone plan cause it was, I didn't have a good international plan at the time. And I, I went to a different phone plan and I was like, listen, I am going to be swiping out there and I need a phone plan that can handle this because I need to experience the culture. And part of that is dating. And so I was able to download Tinder. And I also, they have a local app called Tantan, which you can get on and they have, you can translate through it, but language, the language barrier was definitely um, an issue. And um, American women are actually really fetishized out there. So that was really awkward. And awesome at the same time. Like I remember me and two of my guy friends were looking at my Tantan app and it was like, we were watching the number tick up of likes and I'm, I'm fine with the way I look, but I'm not like a supermodel, you know? And we're like, the numbers were like 1500, 2000. It was crazy. Just like the amount of, of interest. And I, I, there weren't that many Americans anyway. So I became this, you know, whereas I'm a, I'm a white woman living in America. Um, I became this like kind of minority culture that was uh, fetishized. <laughs> it was a really interesting experience. I bet. Yes. I, I, I remember being in India and I think I went shopping with a male friend once. And at some point I realized because that was like the shopping district that I was literally the only woman in the road. And it was like, Ooh, this is weird. Yeah. It's an odd experience. And it, it's also a good empathy building experience because while I can never live a life of someone who is in a minority position and, and being a minority who is being glamorized is very different from being a minority who is yep. uh, oppressed. So I, I by no means mean to equate the two, but it was interesting to be not of the, of the norm, you know, not of like, I wasn't amongst other Americans. I was the, often the only woman, the only American, the only white person, the only, you know, it's like yeah. the only really tall, I'm tall. So I'm like, I just stuck out all kinds of ways, but you know, it worked to my advantage as far as, as far as the dating world went. Oh, that's fantastic. 
Well, unfortunately, we are running out of time. I could I could talk to you for hours, I think. <laughs> so we might have to do this again. Um, but thank you so much. Um, thank you to our listeners. Um, the Instagram account is tanks.off.tinder. So remember, go to the <laughs> right one. There's another tanks of Tinder, but that's not got the Chinese medicine diagnosis. So don't miss out on this. Thank you very much. Thank you so much for having me, Vanessa. This has been really fun, and I'm so honored to be part of your podcast project. I think it's such a benefit for acupuncturists and really for anyone interested in medicine and health. And thanks for featuring tongues.of.tinder. I hope that y'all find me on Instagram. I would love to hear your comments, hear your thoughts on tongues, have you send in your tongues, hear about your dating experiences. I wish you all happiness and safety and fun, and I hope you're out there living your best lives. Thanks so much. Bye.